0: Mind me, please. Open your mind. Open your mind.
1: Open your mind.
2: This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. And boy, are we hitting some serious topics. I wanted to talk about what were the biggest issues that would face us in the 2020 election. Who? What do you care the most about, really? Not what they tell you to care about, but what you really care about. And the stuff that is coming up is uh, not what I expected. So the last uh, caller mentioned the universal basic in- income concept, which when I first mentioned that, or heard about or it was completely not on anybody's radar it was just a ridiculous idea and it didn't it couldn't even make it into the the lexicon the book of words because it was just so far out of what anyone would expect but but I'll tell you they they get these ideas out there it's what my producer Binkley here uh, pointed out was the name of Bills that they don't expect to pass, like the new Green Deal, but they want it out there to start the conversation, a messaging bill. And I consider this Andrew Yang, who is the presidential candidate uh, and the Democratic Party who's promoting this idea of the universal basic income, UBI, as a messaging candidate. He has one issue. He's there to push it. It's a big tech thing. Zuckerberg likes it, too. And they say that it's a tech thing because robots are going to replace us and we're going to need to be subsidized, which in which case whoever's building those robots doesn't really need us. Kissinger called people like that useless eaters. But what really goals me about it, what really goals me about that argument is that the United States government, through universities, direct grants and tax code motives, incentives uh, subsidizes greatly subsidizes tech that gives power to capital over labor when you're making something you have to decide whether you're going to use you're going to invest in a material a factory whatever or you going to you're going to have laborers so when they when they subside, people are like, you don't like science? I'm like, I don't like, it's not that I don't like science. Well, I don't really like science, actually. But it's not that I don't like science. I don't want the government subsidizing because they're stealing my money for something I'm not using it for. And But now I realize the real danger of it was that they created an impenetrable... Uh, asset class, you know, the people, holders of assets. And now they're saying, well, you're, you're, we have replaced you and we now are going to, through our largesse, compensate you for that. Otherwise we're going to have riots in the street. But in reality, they, I mean, they're working on just reducing our numbers anyway. So, but the, but for me, just the immediate problem with a UBI, universal basic income, is it's the same thing as like moving everybody into the cities and off the land, which is another big thing. You you create this dependency so that, and I saw it with Obamacare, but uh, it was very European to me. We were, what they do in Europe for stuff like health when, when it's paid for by the state is they have to demonstrate. They have to protest in order to get this big, massive wealth registration or increase in the uh, subsidy and then hope that it trickles down to them. Whereas for us, if you have your own money and you can, you can give labor and get cash and buy stuff with it, or you can say, you know what? It's not worth it. I have this potato here. I'm going to plant it in the ground. Hopefully, I don't know how potatoes work, but it seems to me like one potato grows one potato. So I don't really understand how it works. <laughs> Can't be true because they have like a million eyes. All right, so you plant your potato. And then at least you have a substitute. You have a way to just walk away. But when you're in a city and there's no way to get food, there's no, you know, they're trying to get rid of everything, the guns, the gold and the getaway, but also the food, the water, the things that give us independence are the basic necessities where if you're really at the end of your rope, you can just walk away. And when you have universal basic income or maybe you have an illness that requires medicine, so like watch out for that kind of thing where like you have to be plugged into the grid or you cannot survive i mean that's the kind of thing that i worry about the most so not worry about the most i worry about everything but about the ubi stuff is that it creates a dependency where if you need more you have no lever whatsoever but to beg for it and protest for it and get ever more shrill and ever more collective so the collective is on the wanting side you know they, they they we then have to only act as a body and i don't that it's it doesn't make sense it just gives too much power to the organizers whether they're on the protest side or on the um the protestee side anyway so that's there's my you know the one thing that really sticks in my craw about that stuff i'm going to go to the phones, Romello or Romolo, Romello, tell me how to pronounce it. Hey, your how name. are you today? You're, you're on with Monica.
0: Fantastic. These issues that you've been talking about, UBI and universal healthcare, I guess, in a hint of socialism that some people are, think is coming, um, it's the less way of fighting back. Um, the disenfranchised white male in um, Fox News have made people think that they have to separate all of us and make us all look like peasants instead of looking at the libertarian view of doing it for yourself fox news is just basically just making everybody like you said earlier be like sheep, follow this nonsense that they keep spit out every day and, and that's cnn how we got trump.
2: Is, is cnn that's how we got trump are you saying cnn doesn't do that that's the only thing no that I, no no
0: no, no, no. The yeah. cnn least reports some facts they may have a bias. But, Fox oh, wait wait wait, 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 five minutes. No, five seriously, minutes Fox News is lying hold about on. Something. Like Thomas Jefferson <laughs> said, he who owns the pen owns the people. Oh,
2: uh, You have to stop and talking because I need to rebut or I'm going to put you on hold. So I'm totally with you. Fox is completely controlled, has an agenda, ignores real issues. But y- you think that CNN is a different type of thing? You don't think it's oh, exactly yeah. uh, Cooper, the same? Anderson
0: Cooper is not Sean Hannity. And you, Anderson nobody Cooper's would ever will say that.
2: only job okay. outside of media was in the CIA. That was his only only job he ever had outside of the news was in the CIA. Anderson Cooper.
0: Okay. So yeah, I I remember, I just, when, I remember Sean Hannessy was a jerk here in Atlanta. So
2: I, I, it just it, calling people names is not relevant. It's this is the thing. I'm sorry. I can't. You're you're about to. Yeah, you know, starts escalating in, in nonsense. I told tw- <laughs> Pinkley, go ahead, why are you laughing? It,
3: if someone genuinely believes that one CNN only gives facts and Fox only does propaganda, then you have no objective no no, no opinion that's worth really listening to. It's if hard you to- can't
2: well it's not no no opinion it's not an actual opinion i don't actually believe that could be anyone I, I well i shouldn't say that people do believe that but it is a result of the propaganda on cnn they all deceive us that makes you think that and this is something i noticed when it's when i became an anarcho capitalist when i really looked and said wow like no one is looking over their own shoulders it was the the heart of the dialectic the two-party psyop all you're doing is this tunnel vision at the other party across the way and their media outlets and whatever and seeing all the things that you hate about it there's some stuff probably that you would like about it actually because uh to the extent in the old days the left was the party of anti-war and the right was the Fiscally conservative party. I mean, for me, I could look at both of those things and say, yeah, I I appreciate that. But then it got to where only hating the other side was how the political system worked, which is why that Trump Hillary thing looked so crazy to me. It was really, and what I kind of expected from this show when I asked people, like, what is it that you want from Trump? Like, do you want the wall? Do you want Obamacare? Do you want someone who will speak truth to media? Do you want someone who just isn't whatever the other person is? Like, what really is it? Because that what that stuff was a part of Trump's appeal, but but what it all plays into is this psyop, this psychological operation, where you you buy into the dialectic and you look across the aisle at the at the people. Neither CNN nor Fox is talking about the fifth and sixth amendment. Nobody, when they report on Cosby, Bill Cosby talks about all the constitutional rights that he lost to go to jail right now. Nobody on either side talks about that. It's uncomfortable. It's unpleasant. He's a jerk, but it doesn't matter to us that he's a jerk. What matters is that the press does not point out what is truly happening to us so driving, herding people to CNN or herding people to Fox is just helping that process go along where instead of seeing it's what it's the ideology of tyranny instead of seeing that at the top above the parties they have. It's the where money, money intersects with media It's how I started the show where money meets media. That's what the real agenda is. And the more we think that one half of the media is on our side, whichever half you think it is, the more power they have. What do you think, Binkley?
3: (laughs) I think that he was a troll, and I thought that at the beginning of the call, because when you repeated his name back and you asked him, he didn't respond. So I think that was a made-up name.
2: Isn't that weird? Because when i kept saying colston earlier and then he got on and he said my name is clifton i was like oh that guy's name is clifton Mm -hmm. i wasn't trying to mess with him it was just written wrong on the screen but i just i was like oh like if you if you don't the guy clearly knows his name which is (laughs) you (laughs) would think a very basic requirement for somebody to to be comfortable with it's
3: cartoonish to believe that one side only gives facts and the other side only only tells lies that's a that's a cartoonish opinion
2: and, and, you know, I always thought if that's the way it goes, what's to prevent a bunch of Republicans of secretly sneaking over to CNN and acting like Democrats? I there mean, that's go. the thing with Anderson Cooper. His only job was in the CIA. I mean, what is that? Like, let's say, I don't know what that means. but He's a mean,
3: Vanderbilt.
2: Yes. Yeah. Although, yeah, I mean, it's hard to deny that if there are oligarchical families you know they're classic anyway so let's uh let's take a break and what do we want to talk about next oh you had a poll of what what were what people polled thought were the most important issues coming up all right 800-WSB-TALK-404 8720750. 8720750. What do you think uh, are the most important issues to you as 2020 and the 2020 election approaches? Also, you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show.
0: Monica Perez. Well, no one's gonna top that. On News955 at AM 750, WSB.
2: I am gonna give away a prize pack. I have got a pair of tickets to see Celine Dion on her Courage World Tour on Saturday, January eleventh, 2020. At State Farm Arena, tickets will go on sale Friday, April twelfth at ten a.m. at Ticketmaster.com. First to call four zero four seven four one zero seven fifty gets those tickets. And I do have time for a call. I'm going to Jeffrey in Atlanta. Jeffrey, you're on with Monica.
1: Hey, Monica Perez. Uh, I just wanted to say uh, great show. And I wanted to re- respond to the uh, person who just uh, hung up, uh, who who said Fox only get Fox's bias and CNN straight facts. And the other gentleman who, uh, black general, I think he said, uh, you asked him, was he a professor? And I just wanted to say that um, in in our community, which the black community, it's not, I want to say our community because as a whole, we are all Americans. The um, the youth under under 30 has just been so brainwashed to not even see that um, under every president, their community has been getting worse and worse and worse, whether the race or color of the president. And it's just that we don't – I mean, I was saying we – the community needs to learn how to how, how to um, flourish in this land opportunity for themselves instead of just blaming one another and um, and using – um and, and just using race. And I remember – and, and let me speak on uh, President Trump for a moment. I, I'm old enough to remember that I was so brainwashed in my family that when, when, when Ronald Reagan was shot, I actually – was ha- hoping that he died. Can you imagine the, the, um, the racial hatred in my own family towards white people that was instilled upon me as a child? But, but luckily, I, I grew up and I experienced the world. And when, when, President, when President Trump first started running, I didn't like him as a person, and I didn't know why. That's the ignorance I had. And then I started looking in his background, how old he was, and they said, well, he has some civil suits against him for uh, this, that, and other. I said, but, but are you not looking at it as a whole? He's was, he was a 70-something-year-old man. He was brought up in racial tension. Hold on. And just, Jeffrey, yes, yes, ma'am.
2: can you hang on through the break? I've got to take a hard break for commercials and then, but I have something I want to ask you. Yes, ma'am. Hang on. 800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez.
0: Monica Perez.
2: Wow, that was intense.
0: On News955 at AM 750, WSB.
2: Always intense, libertarian. Saturdays from 3 to 6 right here on WSB. That's me. Uh, I am I left Jeffrey on hold the entire break. Sorry, Jeffrey. Thank you for holding.
1: No mail. No problem.
2: Okay. Um I just, there was one thing that there were a few things that you were saying and uh can you just give it uh, in a nutshell kind of your main point or what you want and then and i just want to follow up on something so give us a little recap
1: okay i was just saying that how how my community is um just so being misled i mean being misled the youth under 30 i mean as a black person i'm 51 years old and i can you're 51 yes ma'am okay and i can just remember um, how? How? I mean, how the racial hatred is being installed upon them? I mean, instilled upon them too as, as being controlled for for some entity. I can't say what it is, but some entity is controlling them because I can I can remember when 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 President Reagan was shot, and the hatred in my family uh, was so great towards him that I was actually happy that he had got shot too. So I can imagine now the hatred that's being instilled upon. Um, Young um, um, black people under thirty and their kids about President Trump and um, Mm -hmm. and how our community has been getting worse and what and when I say community I'm not just saying the black community but specifically the black community but we're all Americans but we've been constantly getting worse and worse under every president so it's not the president it's 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 our it's it's our train of thought and a certain entity has control of that thought and um, great show. And I'll, I'll, I just want to ask you your question. I want to yes, ask ma'am. you
2: two things. Yeah. Um, one, you had said, so do you feel if your family had that kind of emotion at that time, do you feel that that was a result of actual trauma or, um, or th- you know, their, their thoughts being influenced? Because you can, uh-huh. if you have real yeah. trauma, you can, you can, it's easier to project onto some, Outside cause, you know, but you're or you're damaged.
1: Yes, ma'am. Yes. Um, as my my mother is like seven my mother's seventy one now. So she I could yes, she was traumatized back then. I remember she told me when she was in school that a certain nurse of a certain color, uh when my mom had like ringworm in her head and stuff, and she went to Archer High School here in Atlanta. We're born and bred here here in Atlanta, and the nurse just brushed her off and she had some, you know, she, yeah, it's, it, it was from some, some traumatic, but st- I understand that. But still, you still have an opportunity from where we, yes. from, 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 from other countries. Yeah. You see other, if you broaden your perspective from other countries, America is just about the last country where you aren't, where your future isn't determined by who your family is, who your parents are, or who your parents aren't. Like in Africa or in India, if your parents are a nobody, you will, you will be a nobody for the rest of your life. But in America, your, your father can be in prison and your mother can be a heroin addict, a functioning heroin addict, which mine was. And you can, and you can rise above and be the president of the United States. Yes. You mean to tell me that that vision isn't stronger than any hate vision?
2: Yeah. So this is what I want to interject here. Great so- call. <laughs> Binkley's loving it. Uh, it's well because it's a perspective that very few people can bring. You can bring one side or the other, but it's not usual. People can bring you the uh, a positive synthesis. Usually, the synthesis is a negative thing, but the positive synthesis. And this is what I'm thinking: is that what it, what you were saying earlier is that the trauma. So what I think happens is the trauma that people did experience and still do to a less extent, I believe, uh, is exploited. And it's exploited in a way that disempowers people by telling them that the reason for the problem, the reason for all their problems, like worrying about having a bad hair day. Well, people don't like my hair because I'm black. Like you disempower somebody by taking normal insecurities or trauma and telling them that it's out of their control. So, you know, everybody has a bad hair day, but if you think it's out of your control, it's because society hates your hair. You know what I'm saying? So that it's disempowering, and that's what I find to be so sad about it. And that, and because if one were to feel disempowered, and I felt that way too. I was a scholarship kid. I transferred to community college, to Harvard. It was very clear these guys were swapping their dad's internships among each other. So it didn't look like nepotism. I had no hope. I really would like hit bottom and just wonder if it really was so rigged, but... It wasn't because Yes ma'am. I, I got yes. oh it was in not insurmountable, you know what I mean? But if yes, you yes. are so disempowered, what you do is what you're actually doing is relinquishing your power up because somebody's promising to use their power, but it's not their power, it's your power. And then yes, ma'am. we ma'am. lose the power.
1: Yes, ma'am. May I say one other thing before I get off the yeah, phone? Yeah, yeah. Um the what they're doing today is one incident. They're magnifying. I, I took a survey from my friends the other day. i, mean, I own an auto body shop. A auto, I mean an auto body shop here in Atlanta. And what they do is, I asked everybody. I said, you know what? Raise your hand if somebody in your family or you know of somebody who was discriminated against in the last year. Raise your hand. Nobody raised their hand. I said. So what they do is, I said they 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 yeah. If, if we if we were to if we were to magnify all the good it would outweigh the bad every day the 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 see what what like just smallet what happens is if if your cause that you're fighting for isn't that bad or isn't that worse you have to artificially manufacture it and what yes. they're doing is manufacturing hate and all these other things and they do it 24/7 so the people who 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 are who, who are against hate you don't fight hate with uh, uh, saying uh, you're trying to fight it. Just be for positive. But the positive people, the good people, the good men, the good women—they are solid. They are—they aren't manufacturing goodness 24/7. And and I and I and I hang up now. And yeah. God bless you and Thank your family, you. and your cause, and take care.
2: You too. I hope you call back, Jeffrey. I liked your uh, very um, complex, <laughs> multi-dimensional viewpoint. And, and I would say he touches on something that I have mentioned several times, which is that if you have to manufacture an example of the problem that you're trying to change the world to react to, then maybe that problem isn't the real problem. So, uh, and this is the kind of, I remember when Eric Holder, took office, whatever. And he said, you know, it's time for us to start having honest discussions about race. And I was like, I envisioned that phone call with Jeffrey. (laughs) I was like, yes, that would be great. Let's all come together. Let's solve the problem. Uh, I don't think that's what uh, Eric Holder was envisioning. But I I read a book a long time ago called Authentically Black by, I think, John McWhorter, who's a black linguist professor at Berkeley, Uh, a tweep. Nick Cooper just uh, tweeted to me recently. You'd make a great interview. I don't do too many interviews, but uh, I'm thinking about that one. And he said that yes, there are there are prejudices and there are structural problems, whatever, but they're not insurmountable. And only if you see them as insurmountable are they. It's like that. There are only two unforgivable sins. Uh, presumption and despair and they're unforgivable because you would never ask forgiveness for them. You presume you're going to be forgiven or you despair of being forgiven. It's that it's, it's allowing yourself to believe that you are disempowered. And then it's so frustrating. It's like what I was saying before about the socialism thing about universal basic income. The only thing you can do then is protest and complain and join together and get increasingly shrill and angry And, you know, you just cannot. That's why I'm an individualist and a libertarian. I want I want to be able to make my own choices, which which funny enough that I should say the pricing mechanism is this is this wonderful thing that if you have free prices. Everybody's choices is in that one price, because if that roll of toilet paper stays on the shelf just a couple of days too long, that price is going to go down. And it's a function of everything that went into that. Maybe he doesn't buy any more of that brand or whatever, but. This individual voting in every way and every day on the individual basis, it requires liberty, but it it results in what in economic circles they call maximizing your utility. You get, as Ron Paul said in his parting words, he uh, he concluded that the most good would accrue basically I'm paraphrasing to the most people uh, in. In an atmosphere of liberty, that liberty is what does it, not control, not whatever. So, uh, Binkley, I know you enjoyed that call. Do you—I'm sure you had, like, a lot of thoughts. It reminded
3: <laughs> me a little bit of what Kanye talked about when he talked about the the choice to focus on what's good and focus on love and focus on what, what you can yes. do. Yes. Oh,
2: yes. That was another thing, that I had actually concluded that, and I'm not your— uh, I'm, I'm not like a very spiritual person. I'm not I'm saying like I, I practice religion, but I, and I do, but I'm not like a, that kind of, it's not natural to me. I have to work at it. So when I had this revelation or inspiration or uh, epiphany about what, what can we do? Like things are not good. How can we You just pull back the curtain and, and Make it clear that those evil overlords are, you know. I just am so mad, you know. And then I thought, oh my gosh, it's what my mother always says, but she just like says her thing and just sits there, you know, and watches <laughs> Jeopardy. Like she's just God is up in his heaven. I don't know why you get so worked up. <laughs> and I say, but mom, you put us here because we have to fight the good fight, blah, 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 blah. you know. <laughs> she's like. Yeah, I know, but, you know. And then you think, well, that's disempowering. That's why Marx said it was the opiate of the masses. Of course, I think now democracy is the opiate of the masses, that we think that we're making a difference when really all we're doing is throwing stones at each other. But my epiphany was, if you really love, you really love, like, even those people, and it's, like, basically impossible to love people you don't know, but if you view it with love and understanding, and even is a little condescending but like even a little bit of pity and believe that there's a god and and even if there isn't what harm did it do to approach with love because if there's no god in the end it's hopeless anyway in the end you don't know you know it's there's no hope now if there's no love like what makes humanity worth even the effort if it's not for good right so so anyway, so I I find that inspiring and, and good. Oh, but Kanye, I wanted to add something about that. But you go. If you've got something, Binkley, and then I'll tell you what my Kanye point is. I was, was.
3: going to say, didn't Jesus say that you should love your enemy? I think so. And it's very difficult. That's why they keep us emotionally divided and inject politics into everything so they can divide us because it's very difficult to even want to talk to or work with someone if you feel nothing but rabid hate for them.
2: Yes, and that's what keeps us out. And And I think... I always thought of the like "love your enemy" thing, that story of the Good Samaritan, where it's just this: who they are. You know, if they're not in your group, then they're they're in the out group, and then you could treat them differently. So yeah. that and that I think is they're very,
3: dehumanized.
2: Yes, and and I really believe that that was the essence of kind of see christ and everybody and since i do have a show on easter i wasn't gonna do it and my husband said make the most of it you know do it but so let's see it i'm not that's not my thing like I was, i'm not the monica for that <laughs> there are other monicas that are better at it so um but the kanye thing i was reminded of because trump was at this national congressional thing uh conference or, I don't know, dinner, and he made this big long speech, and he's like, what should my new slogan be? Like, should we stick with Make America Great Again? I mean, everybody's already got the hats, you know? Or uh, should I... Should we keep America great? Because we pretty much got, you know, mission accomplished. Sell some more hats. Yes, yeah, well, actually, he didn't say that. that I was ad-libbing there. I was, you know, just giving a little... He didn't (laughs) say that about the hats. You're right, because that is something... You know what, Binkley? He's definitely going to change it because of that. Mm Mm-hmm is my guess, and he's going to make all the hats ahead of time and not tell anybody what the slogan is so he can be the first mover. (laughs)
3: You're right. (laughs)
2: But Kanye's was really the best. Make America great. Make America great, whatever that means to you. It's that projection thing. Let's wrap it up after the break. This is Monica Perez.
0: Monica Perez. Yeah, well,
1: you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man.
0: On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB.
2: We're wrapping it up. If you did not uh, hear that whole show or you want to hear it commercial free, we post it uh, courtesy of WSB very generously gives it to us commercial free to post on uh, the prop report or you can find it on Monica Perez And uh, we also post a podcast on Thursdays so you can get the WSB show on Wednesdays and the podcast on Thursdays on the prop report. And Binkley, I am going to let you leave us with some an interesting little headline. Tidbit, what you got relevant to what we've been talking about?
3: A universal income pilot study in Finland. The results have come in and the goal of the study was to boost employment. And it did not boost employment, did not make people more likely to get a job, but it made people happier, the universal basic income. Which of they course drink it a would.
2: lot of vodka there, right? Is the vodka free in Finland, do you think? <laughs> I wonder about that. I tell you about when I was in Russia once a long time ago, and it was like during white nights where it ne- the sun never sets.
3: Oh, you did tell me about that.
2: Yeah. And I, and like my husband and I walked in and we're like, why? Instead of like a, a nice bottle of Evian on the nightstand, it's like a bottle of vodka, like a little flask of vodka. Yeah. At four in the morning when we were wide awake because of the sun, we're just like, oh. <laughs> so I feel like they give it away, like, they, like bread lines, simply the vodka lines there. But yeah, I wouldn't, expect, I wouldn't expect people to be happy to get more money, and and wouldn't <laughs> change their behavior because they had more money. It seems like it would be less likely to find you a, get you a job. Yeah. Anyway, no surprise. But we uh, this may be a surprise. We'll be back at our regular time next Saturday, right here on WSB from three to six. This is Monica Perez.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger.